Hey everyone, it's Leighton from Leighton Night. Welcome to the episode. So normally we would plug our Patreon at this point, but we don't want to do that because we would so much rather, if you have the money to give, go to our Twitter at Leighton Knight, L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N-N-I-G-H-T. Check out our pinned tweet because we've included a bunch of resources for uh, places you can donate to support Black Lives Matter because we stand very firmly with that movement and places where you can donate to bail funds where you can educate yourself on some texts about the history of racial injustice or ways that you can support local businesses. So even if you don't have the money, go check it out anyway. Um, Keep boosting stuff. Even if you can't go out and protest or whatever else, there are still ways that you can help. You are not powerless in this situation. And we appreciate all the work that people are doing to further the cause and, you know, make the world better for other people. So um, yes, do that. That's there. Go forth, be kind to each other and enjoy the episode, please. Thank you very much. You know, I've been on my quest to find the perfect ergonomic desk setup. I've got my ergo docs, and I was like, "How do I make this worse?" Uh, and I, it, I was like, "Let's let's bring it back to the '90s trackball mouse." Oh shit! I mostly sort of got it as a sort of a bit. I was like, "You know, what? I'll try it out. Whatever. This is very nostalgic <laughs> for me." And now I don't want to go back to a normal mouse. It fucking rules. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. It's you don't move your wrist at all. Um, and it just like feels good. I thought it would take a super long time to get used to the, you know, rolling a little ball. And it's like, it's awesome. I love it. That's rad. Oh, man, I haven't used a trackball mouse. I don't even like 95, I think. Yeah. Was the last yeah. Time I had one. yeah. <laughs> About the same for me too. I went to, I had like, I actually still have these, um, uh, RSI repetitive stress problems in my yeah. forearms. And so for years I was like trying different types of ergonomic keyboards and mouses and, and all that stuff. And now I use the shitty little Mac, you know, that little like plank and yeah. the mighty Mac. I'm using like the, probably the ergonomically worst things possible, but Oh yeah. Like, I think if the, you do this stuff, like you, you're just like carpal tunnel, right? Like we're all yeah. in front of computers like all day and doing, it's just, I mean, I have like arthritis in my hand and stuff. It's crazy. I'm like 37 yeah. years old. I'm like an old man. <laughs> I know. And, and like, and with pia- for me, with piano too, that's the other big trigger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I played guitar for years too. And that's another oh, yeah. constantly using your hands. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm 22 and I was already, you know, I'm an artist, writer, sit at the desk all day yeah. and my like wrists and hands were bullshit. And so I was like, I need to jump on this so I'm not just destroyed yes. by the time that I'm 30. To- um, totally. Yeah. Really smart. Two words. Robot hands. <laughs> <laughs> also, the setup looks cyber as fuck. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm hacking into the mainframe. You hacking? You're, ha- you're hacking the planet? Hell yeah. Yeah. Get them. I just need to get some rollerblades and become friends with Matthew Lillard. And I'm set. <laughs> <laughs> he needs friends. He, he could use some more. So, Josh, we frequently talk about Twin Peaks. Did you see, are you Twin Peaks guy at all? I am. Really? I've never seen Twin Peaks. So I'm one of those weirdos. I've never, never seen it. I feel like I know more people who have not seen Twin Peaks than who have. I remember seen when Twin it was Peaks. on. Like, I remember when it was oh, on yeah. television the first time. But Me too. I was like six maybe at the time, so I wasn't really the audience they were looking for. <laughs> yeah, see, I was in, I guess, uh, uh, if you're 37, I'm 45, so I'm eight years mm-hmm. old. Yeah, that's about right, like 14 when it was yeah. on. 
And it was like the perfect age to watch that stuff because some of it was like legit scary to me. Yeah. But it was also had that soap opera kind of thing. And I had an older cousin that lived with me. And then she and I would watch it and talk about it. It was like I was the perfect age for watching it when it was on. That's cool. My point was in the newest season, season three, Matthew Lillard is in it. Oh, and man. he's so good. And he's so great. And his head blows up. <laughs> Spoilers. He's like waiting in the back of a car and some kind of supernatural entity explodes his mind, like literally. Oh, he, gets, uh, he gets Marvin from Pulp Fiction. Yes, that's exactly, you know what? It is, <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. And it's awesome. I, Leighton, actually, have we talked about this? Have you been to the Zone website? Yes, I absolutely have. I love that they did that level of like world building with it. So the guy has like a... He talks about, he's kind of looking for this passage to like, what would you call it? Like another, uh, like this trans-dimensional kind of realm. And he built a website about it and they made it. So they they talk about it in the show and they made it for real. And it's like a late 90s GeoCities style (sighs) thing. Yeah, GeoCities. Right? Uh, lots of blinking text and, you know, like a star background with purple text in front of it. Kind of <laughs> I shit. think my band in high school had an Angel Fire website. Oh, nice. So good. Wait, what was the name of your band? Yes, please. Uh, Squirt was the name of the band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, better than I could have possibly hoped for when asking that question. This is going to sound terrible. Do you have Squirt track? <laughs> I do. People like kind of dig for that stuff you, you know how it is right yeah i know so they, they kind of want to like no i think i only have them maybe maybe my one friend who's also in the band probably probably still has them but i've never released them so one of the songs was about anna paquin because i was obsessed with anna paquin <laughs> <laughs> anna paquin in like what era like x-men because i was like what like 16 wow yeah like way this was like 2000 2001 Oh, my God. So while we were talking about Matthew Lillard, I looked up his Twitter because I just enjoy his Twitter presence so much. And like, first of all, incredible doing some great like activism right now. Good. Wonderful. But just like it's wholesome. He's oh, really? so great. I don't follow him. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's just so sweet. And like he, he'll quote tweet people. I remember there was one where somebody was like. Matthew Lillard has the range or whatever. And he quote tweeted like, every time I see one of these, it just makes me feel so good from the bottom of my heart. Thank you guys. <laughs> it's, oh, it's just so sweet. He was legit. Obviously the Scooby-Doo movies are not great, but he rules. Hold on. Fuck as, you. Hold on. <laughs> he rules as shaggy. I will say that he was a great shaggy. He's, He's a, great a perfect shaggy. shaggy. Layton, you like the Scooby-Doo movies? I assume we're not talking about Scoob. No, of course not. They're very nostalgic for me, but they're so buck wild that like I can't help but love them. Like they're so ridiculously stupid and over the top that it just like works for me really well. I think the second one, it's actually a ghost, right? It's like a real ghost. Oh, really? I think so. I don't know. It's been a while. I didn't write any songs about Scooby-Doo, so I don't remember. Was that... Monsters Unleashed, I believe. Yeah, yeah it's something like they go to like an island and there's a volcano or something. I don't know. Wait, isn't that the first one where it's like Scrappy Doo gets turned into a big fucking that? <laughs> yeah, that's that awful creature. Josh, you're probably roughly in the same boat with this. Watching the old Scooby Doo cartoon yeah. reruns like after school. Oh yeah, or early before school. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And thinking it was like the legit greatest, awesomest thing. Oh my god. Couldn't get enough. Was it just that like cartoons were bad? 
And we were just like, yes. Yeah. Cause I thought that too. I was like, this is amazing. Like these, these kids are, they're doing it. <laughs> they're finding the ghosts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I could do that. They all look like adults for some reason, but they're kids. Well, the other thing is the plots, which now as an adult, you watch and you know, like 30 seconds in, you're like, all right, this is what's going to happen. As a kid, every time there's a reveal, you're like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. I didn't see that coming. Old man Jenkins. Like every episode was an M. Night Shyamalan movie. You're like, what the yep. shit? <laughs> With the exact same twist. Yeah. It was never good. But all those like Hanna-Barbera type cartoons from the 70s. I mean, they have extreme retro appeal or nostalgia appeal. Johnny Quest was amazing. Johnny Quest was great. Thundar the Barbarian was one I really loved. Yeah. The animation is on purpose just terrible. Yeah, it costs a lot, right? So they were just like, I don't know, like animate just his arm. <laughs> and yeah. you could see like the color change, right? Like, Same backgrounds all the time. It's like two frames a second. It's just awful. There's that soul coughing video where it's uh, Fred Flintstone walking or Barney walking and it's just the background is like repeating itself and the whole video is that. I don't I haven't seen in, that. <laughs> walking oh, wow. in circles. I think they did that on Cartoon Network. It was Cartoon Network used to do that. They would have bands on. And they would like actually play their music. It was really weird. It was like a really weird like time in TV. Like totally, Cartoon Network didn't know what to do. So like, put music on. <laughs> it's MTV now. At some point around then, like Mike Doty, Doughty, Doty from yeah. Soul Coughing, like had kind of a big comeback and was doing all these like alt shows and yeah. storytelling and playing a bunch of solo stuff. I I did some event with him. I can't even remember what it was. It was probably a storytelling oh. show. And he was just like super chill and nice. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, with sort of having the music over the animation like that, it reminds me, you know, there's like Simpsons wave where people will just put vaporwave music <laughs> over like psychedelic filter Simpsons apps. Why don't we have Scooby wave? Like that feels important to I me. I think Ooh. you should start it. Scooby wave. Let's get on it. You're the perfect person to start that, Layden. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I'll fucking do this. <laughs> I'm committed. I'll do it. <laughs> I think it's interesting. I was just thinking about this. Like, did, okay, so wave is a very popular suffix in music right now, but I feel like core has decreased in popularity. Core was so yeah. 05. Now it's all about wave. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Because you wouldn't call it uh, scoob core. No. Or right. vapor core. That's a very different thing. I mean, I feel like night core was kind of replaced by, I guess, the 100 gex kind of however the fuck you would describe that. I have no idea how to describe it. I don't even know um, what you just said. 100 gex. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, you don't know this either. I don't know this either. Yeah, no. So I'm going to drop a link. I don't know songs off the top of my head, so I'm just going to search 100 gex on YouTube and see what comes up first. And I'm going to drop it in the chat, and I want live reactions to this because I'm very curious about it, what y'all think. So there's that. So it's two teenage girls with an auto-tuner? <laughs> I don't know. It defies explanation. It's the future. We're in the future. I like this. Like, I don't think this is bad. I think this is pretty cool. Yeah. This feels like the more accessible version of stuff that I've heard from them. For listeners, we're watching the video for Money Machine. I mean, it definitely seems like two kids with a cheap camera, which is great. Yeah, I think that's a big part of the appeal. Yeah, it's very interesting. There were a lot of people shitting on them recently, and it's just like, whatever. Like, they're doing their thing. 
they have a clearly defined sound and aesthetic. Like they're clearly doing exactly what they want to be doing. So yeah. whatever. That's music, right? Yes, that is music, Josh. That's exactly what music is. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, what's a geck? What does the band name mean? The lizard? I thought lizard, but Yeah, I was also assuming the lizard, but Maybe they're just really into gecks. They don't even say gecko anymore. It's just it's all about all about gecks now. Get a little leopard geck. Check out my geck deck. That would be like a skateboard. Oh, I, listen! I want to see a lizard on a tech deck. <laughs> tech deck? Oh hell yeah! Tech a deck. Tech deck full of gecks. <laughs> my tech deck geck. Oh, we keep dropping just excellent episode titles. <laughs> tech deck full of gecks. I mean, that's that's way up there. That feels like a good transition into introducing ourselves. I have a relatively short cold open here. The other one's Brian Wacht, co-host of Late Night. What's up, everybody? This is Brian Wacht. Uh, that person you just heard talking is Leighton Gray. Mystery guest. Oh, hi. I'm Josh Henderson. I do a show called Continue on YouTube, as well as other things. Real quick, say some of the other things, too. Oh, I do a podcast... Um, about Star Trek called M-Class Podcast, where it's yeah. like just about our love for Star Trek, but also we talk about wieners and butts a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course. Because why not, right? And uh, <laughs> I do a show called Pretend Friends with my friend Kevin Cole, who invented a uh, system of like role-playing games where you use cards instead of dice. Ooh. So it's called the Space Kings. Awesome. It's called Space Kings is the system. So it's pretty cool. Is it like special cards for it or like what kind of cards are they? Just regular playing cards. Ooh, I like that. That's fun. Yeah, the face cards are hits and the numbers are not hits. And the jokers are like, you can die if you joker too many times. And it's crazy. Oh, that's that's the true joker's trick. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And it's it's ridiculous. It's just, you know, we just like cut like spaceships in half and whatever. We just do whatever we want. So. That's rad. Sick. I should also say, Josh has one of my favorite Twitter accounts. Oh, thank no, that's awesome. Thank you so much. You have one of my favorite Twitter accounts. Well, I feel like we have a very similar Twitter style, you and NSP. Yeah. One of the things I really love about your Twitter, which is what I've tried to do with NSP's Twitter, is not evolve with Twitter. Like, Twitter has gotten less weird and more political and all that stuff. And with NSP, it's a bunch of absurdist dick jokes or references yeah. to 80s movies. That's all Twitter should be. I, I, you know, I remember when I remember when Twitter <laughs> was about jokes, right? And like, yeah, I feel that way too. Like, Twitter is a, a, a joke to me, not like in the way that like I don't like it or whatever, but like that's where I go to make people laugh. So that's all I, I really want to do. Totally. Well, it's like, you know, the context collapse of all. So it's not like going on Usenet or whatever, where it's like, oh, we are all united by this common interest and coming here for the same reason. It's like every social media is a different thing to different people. So you have the people who just want to use it to be funny or people who just use it to share art or people who just use it for political stuff or a combination of that. So it's all just kind of jumbled together like that. And it becomes really difficult to like filter it in any meaningful way unless you follow like five people yeah it's like impossible to like i i try to keep mine to like 150 like that's the most people i can see things about in one sitting (laughs) other than that i think my eyes will just bleed and i probably would just wouldn't go on it being on that website for eight years has given me terminal brain worms it really messes with the way your neuropathways work yeah, yeah, that and Reddit are really... I don't want to be on Reddit anymore, but every morning when I wake up... <laughs> okay, Leighton, we haven't had a chance to do this bit for a while. Oh, yeah. This is a segment 
that we actually haven't done in probably 10 episodes. It's called, What Are Your Subs? <laughs> and so, Josh, what are your subs? What are your subs? Tell me your subs. Some of the like more ridiculous ones that I sub to, uh, there was one called Corn Porn, where it was just <laughs> shots of uh, really nice corn, like mm. like beautiful corn, like <laughs> you know, like like fall, like you know how when corn gets like different colors, like purple and like just, just yeah. photographs of corn. Uh, I there's a shucking great. joke in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's see. I'm looking up corn porn right now. It's not active, but I found it, and I was like, "Yes, rules." <laughs> Immediately, picture of Randy Quaid holding corn <laughs> well, just at, his, at crotch level. What? What? Oh, well, corn porn needs moderators. You could be a mod. What era Randy Quaid is it? Like contemporary or like new? I think it's probably new, right? Because he's wow. nuts now. Oh, yeah, it's new. He's off the rails. Yeah, he's like a real life Sasquatch. <laughs> God, to be a real life Sasquatch, <laughs> wandering through the woods. Oh wow, that's some beautiful corn. Oh my God, it's like it's like okay. little perler beads. See, God, that's good corn. I'm subbing to this. <laughs> I do another one called Birds for Scale, which is just like fantasy art where birds are in the background, so you know how large or small things are. <laughs> I do love that. That's great. There's some pretty cool stuff there. You know what? This corn porn one is pretty great. <laughs> I do like this. Maybe Reddit's good, actually. Wait, yeah. although, hold on. I'm five posts down, and they're all from six years ago. So Yeah, they're super old. That's like really, really old. 95 members, six online. Wow, I love birds for scale. And it's a restricted community. <laughs> oh, it got restricted? No. What happened? <laughs> it's like they were like, we have to get rid of watch people die in corn <laughs> porn. <laughs> Uh, other than that, I just do like uh, football, like the Eagles. I just go there to like see what's going on with the Eagles because I'm from Philly and it's our like birthright. Like we have to do that. Yeah, of course, mandatory. We get kicked out of the city if we don't like the Eagles. So, <laughs> if you're sick about uh, sick of talking about this, you don't have to answer. But as a native Philadelphian, what's your always sunny take? Oh, I love it. I fucking love that show. They get it. Yeah. They get it. They totally get it. It's a delightful show. Philly's ridiculous. We're a ridiculous place. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, no, it's that show's great. I haven't seen the newest seasons. I think I stopped at around like seven. I just started watching it, which is why I asked. <gasps> yeah. Oh, Brian, what a magical world you've entered. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wish I could rewatch Always Sunny with Fresh Eyes. It's one of my like most rewatched shows. It. Oh, no. Just started watching the newest season. I should say. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I've seen everything up until that. It's the best. Yeah. What's your favorite episode? Well, I mean, there's so many classics. Nightman, like the one where they actually do... Of course, easy. Actually, I love them both. When they first come up with the song, that's really charming. And then when they do the full musical, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's like one of the best episodes of comedy TV. Yeah. Yeah. Any of the Charty McDennis ones are... <laughs> Very good. Great. Dennis System is amazing. The Christmas yep. special with, did you fuck my fucking mom? Yeah. <laughs> I love uh, the gang tries desperately to win an award um, <laughs> with the Go Fuck Yourself song, which there's a really great behind the scenes version of that on YouTube where it's like just a bunch of takes of uh, Charlie Day improvising that song and just like everybody on set losing it. I don't know how those guys act. I don't know how they get a show done. 
Glenn Howerton is a classically trained Shakespearean actor. Yeah. Is he really? <laughs> yeah, he is. Wow. His ability to go from calm to 180, <laughs> just like <laughs> full on veins popping rage is incredible. I just watched the uh, the season 14 D-Day episode where he takes off the makeup and looks absolutely <laughs> terrible. Like one of the like worst, ugliest looks he could possibly come out with. And I just thought it was so funny how he becomes this like shriveled wreck of a human, <laughs> both in appearance and personality, like instantly. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Uh, Mac and Dennis moved to the suburbs is probably my all time favorite. That is a good one. Yep. That's a really good one. <laughs> oh, amazing. They're, they're all pretty great. There's not a lot of bad ones. That's the thing, right? Yeah, except for like season one where they're like still feeling it out. But everything after like Danny DeVito joins, it's just like all of these are good. When they get Frank, it's on. Yeah. Is either of you uh, a Taxi fan? Have you watched Taxi? I remember it being on. I was not a Taxi fan. Never watched Taxi. You gotta watch Taxi. So I'm like, I'm too... Uh, young for it, even like it, it was, you know, I, I was alive when it was on, but I was like, it was like late seventies, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, like late seventies, early eighties. So Danny DeVito was in it. Actually, it's got tons of amazing people. Uh, Danny DeVito, yeah, Andy Kaufman, Andy Kaufman, Mary Lou Henner, Tony yep. Danza, uh, Christopher Lloyd, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Carol Kane, who is yeah. always the best, and Danny DeVito plays. I think Louis Palma, Louis de Palma. Mm-hmm. And it is Frank. Like it, it take Fra- take that character in taxi and make it like, I don't know, 20% grosser. And that's <laughs> Frank Reynolds. <Yeah>. And <laughs> it's very clear to me that they cast Danny DeVito because they knew he could play this absolute scumbag like he did in taxi. Yeah. So he's like the dispatcher. He's a weird sexist creep and like, yep total scumbag and it's just a great show it's a sitcom clearly but it's kind of nuanced and has some interesting takes and it's is it as good as scooby-doo you know what is josh <laughs> literally nothing uh, I, I can't think <laughs> of citizen kane can't even hold a candle to it <laughs> is the rumor that danny devito will do anything for a million dollars true uh well i offered him a million dollars and he said no so just to hang out and finally have a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that has nothing to do with why he said no. Nah. Well, we should try it again. Maybe we need to... Uh... Yeah, you need to spice up that offer a little bit. Give him an offer you can't refuse. Is that a real rumor? I've heard it many times. I Hold on, let me give it a Google. What? I'm Googling this right now. Will Danny DeVito do, do anything, anything for a million dollars? <laughs> There's some very <laughs> weird stuff coming up here. He's like the weirder uh, Bill Murray, like the, all those Bill Murray stories, right? Where he like shows oh, yeah. up at parties and stuff. And oh yeah, but Dan DeVito's getting paid a million dollars to do weird <laughs> shit. With people. I don't know where the fuck I heard that rumor. I think maybe Vernon said it, and like I just want to believe that it's true. I believe it. We're just gonna start yeah. like a urban legend. I that's totally true. I believe that. 100%. I love it. That's a that's a fair one. A million dollars is still a million dollars, but like that's yacht money. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I'm sure he has enough that he doesn't need another million dollars. Oh yeah, he's like a producer. He he was a producer forever, right? He was making. He's he's fine. He's not he's not hurting for money. No, 
Oh, to get those executive producer books. Yeah. yeah. I just watched for the first time Matilda, the movie. Oh, delightful. Which I think he directed as well as stars in. Yeah, look, I can't say I absolutely loved it. And I realize people like fucking love that movie. Rachel like adores it. It's just a sweet movie. I don't like a sweet movie, but that's a good sweet movie. (laughs) It is a sweet movie. I'd really like to see the musical, the Tim Minchin musical. Oh. Yeah, do you know about this? No. I didn't know there was one. Do you know Tim Minchin? No. What? Oh my God. So Tim Minchin is this. He's a pianist. Uh, I think he's Australian. Okay, yes, I've seen him. I do know him. He has a lot of like very kind of skeptical, like pro-science type songs. Mm-hmm. You know, he does it very artfully. To me, I think of him as sort of like a Jonathan Colton type to some extent. So he is a super talented songwriter. His songs are amazing. I don't know if he wrote the book, but he definitely wrote the lyrics to a Matilda musical, which is supposed to be incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. He rocks the eyeliner. I love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Full on. Listen, eyeliner for men, please. God, just it's great. It's it's wonderful. I don't have the complexion for it. I wish I did. No, you can do it. You can do it. Makeup is magic. It takes you years to find your zone. I mean, you know, we we, I, I don't you see young people now. Just immediately they have all the MUAs telling them exactly like, okay, you're going to use the beauty blender. You're going to contour. This is exactly how you do it. It's like, oh, you didn't have to struggle in the minds of awful blue eyeshadow and just scraggly everything. Like, <laughs> Leighton, what was your makeup like journey? Because makeup, I mean, you wear makeup regularly, right? Yeah. And yeah. you found a look. I, oh, sorry. I should say that look is great. I, I just by leaving it there, I realized it sounded like a dig. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, no. You, 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 like, what was your journey to to that? Because we've never we've never talked about this, and I'm curious. I didn't for most of my childhood and teens until I was like 16. I thought that like makeup and clothing, it was a lot of internalized misogyny of like, oh, this is for like shallow girls. This is right. I don't need this. I just want to be comfortable. So I was like. Star Wars shirt and cargo pants for a very long time. And then at a certain point, I just had like, throughout my life, I've like primarily had guy friends. And when I got into high school, it was the first time that I had like a lot of really close girlfriends. And I was just like, oh, this seems kind of fun. I, you know, it's fun to like put on nice clothes. And then I had a friend who kind of started teaching me how to do makeup with like shitty drugstore makeup. It's always been the (laughs) eyeliner thing, but there was definitely a very rough period of time. (laughs) (laughs) Do do, do the wings? Yeah, you got to get that wing going. And then I got into art school and, you know, me and my friends had very brightly colored hair that was like neon and we were all, you know, really into makeup. And so sort of became a communal thing of like kind of teaching each other how to do stuff. And, you know, it's fun as an artist who likes to draw cute girls with fun makeup on. It's just like, oh, I just get to do this on my face. This rules. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, it's like drawing on your face. Yeah, it's a nice way to start the day. (laughs) I had a ton of girlfriends, like just friends who were girls in school. So they were always like putting makeup on me and getting manicures and stuff like that. Like I'd go with them and tweezing my eyebrows. I hated that, but they would always like want to tweeze the eyebrows. Listen, I think brow products are really great because, you know, for men, you can do like really subtle makeup, like a little bit of concealer. You get the clear eyebrow gel. Like it looks so good when you take a little bit care of your eyebrows. Oh, yeah. Like eyebrows make such a difference on on a person's face. Facial hair is important, right? Like I've got a really big beard and like 
you gotta oil that thing. <laughs> it's like a car yeah. or like a bike. Yeah. <laughs> and it smells so good. It's like your face is perfumed. You feel like a million bucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, skincare is the same way. Makeup's the same way. You just feel really yeah. great. And then you go to sleep and you uh, uh, forgot to take your makeup off. And yeah. you wake up the next morning and you look like hell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's me every morning without makeup. So. <laughs> yeah, of course. It, it, it is very fun to do makeup on men because they're such babies about it. Oh, I'm I'm a huge baby about it. The moment you get to the eyes, they freak yes. the fuck out. You pull out that eyelash curler and they're like, that is a medieval torture device. No. Yes. All right. When we can be in the same place, Layton, you are going to do my makeup. Yes, Patreon video. Yep, Patreon video. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we will record it and you'll. I won't look at it until you're done. And that's I love it. Full beat. Let's do it. Contour, yep. everything. Oh, I can already think about this. Ooh, what are your colors? Undertone. Okay, so definitely like a cool, cool look. What do we do for you? All right. Yeah, I'll think about it. Okay. I have cool. so, so much makeup. It's obscene. I think I'm a winter. Do you agree with that? <laughs> what is it? The fucking 90s? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. so. Some people are using trackballs, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the 90s. I very nearly spat coffee everywhere. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, Brian, do we have uh, questions this week? Answering your question. Answering your question. There's a lot of fucked up shit going on right now in the world. We're recording this on Monday, June 1st. I just put it on the Discord. I didn't feel like Twitter needed someone being like, hey, what are your questions for our podcast? So... We don't have a lot of these, but I actually really like this one. This is from uh, from Levi. Our wonderful mod, Levi. Our, yeah, one of our wonderful mods who are our mods actually on the Discord. They are doing an amazing job. Like It's not that hard because, well, I don't want to underplay their work. They've been done a lot of work. But also the community is really great and kind and nice. So they haven't had to like ban people or whatever yet so there's not a lot of like crowd control they've needed to do yet but they are super on top of it and really have helped build along with you Layton I I personally have done very very little for this but (laughs) you with the mods have like built this really lovely community of people Uh, oh thank you yeah also shout out to our other mod Drizzly Bear you're great what a great name yeah yeah right Anyway, go ahead and read that question. Yeah, so Levi's asking what our top picks for songs to cry to are. Hold on. I literally have a playlist called It's Cry Noon, where I've put the songs that I've historically cried to the most. Cry Noon. Uh, I'll go first with with one of mine. I find it a very uplifting song, but it is a song that I frequently listen to when I'm sad, which is it's on mule variations by tom waits and it's called come on up to the house it's a very uplifting song clearly the the song is trying to talk someone out of being sad but just that whole mule variations vibe and the whole waits vibe of like you know it's it's old timey it's creaky got that voice not to bring too much of a downer uh but after my father died and this is a long long time ago i would put that song on and just kind of drive around and listen to it on repeat it just helped. So that's that's the first one I go to. Yeah, that's a very legit pull. Um, I've pulled up the It's Cry Noon playlist. Uh, it's pretty much all of OK Computer by radio. <laughs> I, oh, my God. I was just listening to that, and I'm not even kidding, yesterday. Yesterday, I was oh like, my gosh. I probably haven't listened to a Radiohead album in five years for whatever reason, mm-hmm. not because I don't love them. And I listened to OK Computer and Kid A, 
and they are both just as great now. Oh, for me, OK Computer more so. Yeah, OK Computer is like a perfect we'll listen to straight through album. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. The one that I've cried to the most on that album is No Surprises. Uh, mm-hmm. Something something about it. Also on this list, we got some Elliot Smith, Between the Bars. Oh, yeah, of course. A bunch of yeah. Sufjan Stevens songs, particularly Romulus, John Wayne Gacy Jr. Oh, Romulus. Oh, I haven't heard that song in forever. You just time-traveled my brain. Oh, fuck, that song makes me so sad. It's like, hits a little too close to home for me. What else? Twin Falls, Idaho by Built to Spill. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That one makes me cry. <laughs> Uh, oh god! I I wish that I could still cry. Is the thing like I can't physically do it anymore? So it's just like you get that feeling like you need to cry, and then it just doesn't come out, and you yeah. feel like emotionally constipated. Yes, that's it's that's rough. been going around recently. I think with, <laughs> with everything. What about you, Josh? There's a a couple of two Gallant albums that I put on. Um, I don't know if you guys they're from San Francisco. It's just two guys. No, I don't know. They're kind of like. Bob Dylan meets punky, like old Westy sound. Oh wow! If that makes Ooh. sense. Wait, what's the what are they called again? How do you Two spell that? Two gallants. I'll spell it for you in the chat. T W O G A L L A N T S. Gotcha. Got him. Um, and there's a song called "Fly Low, Carrying Crow." It's like really fucking depressing. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> hook it to my veins, depressing, right? Like. There's a lot of City and Color songs that are are good for oh, crying. City and Color, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, Iron and Wine. Oh, for sure, Iron yes, and Wine. Yes, Iron and Wine. Yes. Leighton, you would know, although you might not know you know, Jimmy Scott. Do you guys know Jimmy Scott? Mm-mm. Jimmy Scott, no. So you know Jimmy Scott because in the uh, season two finale of Twin Peaks, he's in the Black Lodge singing Sycamore Trees. Oh, Okay. So that guy has he's a he's a jazz singer who has some kind of condition where basically his voice never dropped and or something like that uh and he has this like unearthly very oh, like a tenor had this tragic story of made an album and then the record company sat on it and his career totally tanked and then he had this huge comeback in the like late 90s early 2000s and his big comeback album is called All the Way. It's all jazz standards. And it is probably my favorite vocal jazz album. And he just, you got to listen to this. He, is, he has this crazy vibrato. He's one of my favorite singers. Everything he sings seems like he's struggling to get it out. It just has all this pathos. It's it's really, really wonderful. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. I love that. I'll have to rewatch that bit in uh, Twin Peaks. Oh, how could I like not mention The National? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not like the biggest The National fan, but there there are a handful of songs by them, like uh, Pink Rabbits. Oof, that's like lie back on a chase ra- lounge and be fucking depressed <laughs> kind of song. Eat those depression grapes. I have Ugh. never listened to The National. I have one of Hold their on. albums on a CD. Remember those? <laughs> uh, just the the tactile memory of a bunch of busted up jewel cases oh, just together on the bottom, you know, the floor of my car in high school. Yeah. yeah. Modest Mouse in there with like Feist. <laughs> Modest oh, Mouse. yeah. Oh, I, I absolutely had Modest Mouse and Feist CDs. Yeah. Feist was great. What's Feist up to? What's she doing? I don't know. I'm sure she's probably putting out albums and writing songs like she's the best. Well, did it hasn't broken social scene done something recently am i wrong about that oh is she part of that i thought so i feel like there's like a ton of bands or singers or people like musicians like 
coming back now, like weirdly. She put out an album in 2017 called Pleasure. I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, she was. She and was then before that, it was Metals from 2011. Oh, but there's like okay, there's like 40 people associated with broken social scenes. So, <laughs> <laughs> and she is one of them. But uh, Let It Die is another just like perfect album. I think I've, I've men- mentioned it on the show, but Nick Cave's Ghostine is one mm. that I never want. It's so beautiful, and I never yeah. want to listen to it again. That's so weird. That music. It's like when you find a like band or something that does that to you, and you're like, I just I got to put this away. Yeah. I can't have this all the time. You know, it's crazy. I feel like I listened to a lot of sad music in high school as you yeah. do. Now I'm like more just kind of chilled stuff. Not that I don't like listening to sad music, but it's just like not what I go for anymore. It used right. to be a lot of like sad acoustic, like Elliot Smith's uh, Iron and Wine kind of stuff for me. And it's just like kind of not the vibe right now. Yeah, I was like that with film too. Like I used to watch a ton of like uh, like Requiem for a Dream and like oh. Boys Don't Cry and stuff like that. You know, yeah, like yeah. And now it's like I can't, I can't, I don't have the, I don't have the chops to do that right now. <laughs> we were just talking <laughs> yeah. about this last week. Like I, I yeah, I, I can't handle really sad movies or movies that feel like work yes. anymore. I mean, at least for you, Brian, things that are really fucked up, whereas I am being 22 and in an edgelord kind of zone, I, I only watch the fucked up shit. 22 to like 27. So you got a couple of years yet, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edgelord territory. <laughs> <laughs> there must be. There's something about edgelords and edge ladies, right? There's something in there. <laughs> Edging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like when did. Okay. When did edging as a meme become a thing is it like two or three years ago now yeah like two two or three i would say yeah two and a half maybe just to say it's called edging right that by itself became a phrase it seems like people learned what edging was and then they all right no continue Layton. what were you gonna say (laughs) (laughs) do you mean in like the sexual sense or just like in the way of calling people edgelords. No, no, though, I'm talking about, there's two different things, yes. So there's the sexual <laughs> sense where I feel like, because I, I would see it come up in, like all things about the internet, I learned about it from replies to NSP tweets. And like, at some point, I feel like it was a couple of years ago, I saw the phrase, it's called edging, or some variation on that pop up regularly. And they clearly meant in the sexual sense. I would say edgelord, that, I feel like I heard for the first time, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago, something like that. Yeah, maybe a little longer. The term's got to be older than that because it's like, I think the word edgy has, you know, been around way longer. But yeah, I get very annoyed at people who respond to stuff like, ooh, edgy, which of course, me being who I am, I get that a lot. It's just like, shut up. (laughs) It's inherently edgy to comment edgy. Well, that feels like a, like, heyday Gen X term, edgy, right? For sure. I'm like early millennial, right? So we didn't we didn't say edgy too much. Poser. Poser was big for me. If you were a poser. <laughs> but edgy, not quite. Yeah, I guess people also don't call each other yuppies anymore. No. Oh, no. That's, that's on my brain because I, I was working on some donation commissions I was doing last night. And I was like, I need something that I don't need to fully pay attention to. And so I comfort rewatched American Psycho. <laughs> Oh, it's so great. Of course. <laughs> Big time comfort watch for me. You know, just just a man ass naked in sneakers chasing a woman with a chainsaw is really uh, just me at my most zen. Doing the flex. Yeah. <laughs> As I've mentioned, one of my favorite movie moments is when the ATM says, feed me the cat. 
in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> All-time favorite. And I know we've talked about this, although I'm curious, Josh, if you saw th- saw this. Uh, yeah. Do you remember when they, they re-released, it was like the 30th, uh, I think, anniversary of, I believe, Sports by Huey Lewis. And <laughs> who could forget? <laughs> right. And but they recreated the Hey Paul scene with Huey Lewis. Yeah, I do remember this. You remember this yes. with Weird Al? Yes. As Patrick Bateman? Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. I haven't seen that. Did we not talk about this? No. Oh, Layden, you got to look this up. So it's Weird Al and Huey Lewis is Paul. <laughs> and Weird Al, like they do almost like shot for shot remake of of that scene with Weird Al and Huey Lewis instead of, who is it, Patrick Bateman and Paul Dano? This is amazing. Uh, Patrick Bateman, sorry. It's uh, Christian Bale. Who, but who plays the who plays Paul Allen? Is it is it? No, Jared Leto is Paul Allen. Patrick Bateman is Christian Bale. It's Jared Leto, right? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And yeah. then I forgot that Willem Dafoe is the investigator in that movie. When you forget Willem Dafoe is in your movie, that's crazy. Because that dude is like, chews up the scenery like i fucking love that man so much his mouth is just incredible (laughs) he's got the best mouth i love that mouth and his voice uh sorry before we move off that real quick so last week we had a mild debate or i'd say a poll is willem dafoe hot so josh is willem dafoe hot yeah i think he is thank you thank you because he's not like He's not traditionally hot, but he's he's hot. Like, it's a confidence thing. I think I feel like he has like tons of it. Like that's super hot. See, but no, but Layton, you you were clearly coming down on the not just confidence, like actually looks hot, right? I don't know about that. I'm not sure if we brought up movement hot again, but I also <laughs> think that he is like a handsome man. Yeah, but it's the charisma that really bumps it up. Well, that's a different. That's not what I was reacting to last week. Now I feel like I was saying the wrong thing. Oh God! Like I was just talking about if I saw a still picture of Willem Dafoe, that's what I thought we were talking about. Okay, you know what? I will say yes, hot. I saved like a dozen photos of Willem Dafoe to my phone just because. <laughs> so yes, you're you were correct in your original read. You saved them to your Willem Dafoe. God, oh, that's why so did good. I have to bring up Willem Dafoe? Um, <laughs> the whole reason I was bringing him up, aside from him being just exuding raw sexual energy. Uh-huh. <laughs> we were watching and Vernon reminded me of the piece of trivia where it's like they did every scene that Willem Dafoe is in. They did three takes, one where he thinks Patrick Bateman did it, one where he doesn't. And I forgot what the third one is, but they just mixed up the takes throughout the whole movie. So you like never really know how he feels about oh, it. Oh, Wow. That's such a like brilliant directing choice. I love that. That's smart. Yeah, that's fantastic. I hate Christian Bale, but he is perfect in that role. And like every single line delivery. I mean, of course, the what do you think scene is amazing, but it's just like (laughs) that line, the tasteful thickness of it. (laughs) So good. This is the thing that came up when we were watching it. Um, In that scene, I want to write a think piece that is ranking the business cards because clearly oh. Patrick's is the nicest one. Yeah. The tasteful thickness of it. Yeah. You know, that's a think piece I would read. I like that. That's a great BuzzFeed article <laughs> for sure. I, w- I would also watch like a sort of cooking video where it's like we make menu items from American Psycho just because they're all so ridiculous. <laughs> These are winner pitches, Layton. BuzzFeed, go ahead and steal it. Don't credit me. <laughs> all right. Uh, this next question is from Butt Nuts. Which I feel like... Also a great name. Yes. 
Uh, so this is just, I don't know, this is kind of what this whole podcast is, but I love it. Do you have any older new sci-fi slash fantasy recommendations, books, movie, games for some healthy escapism? They're really excellent questions this week. Thanks, Sal. Cutting the Barbarian is my all-time like favorite fantasy movie. I love it. It's incredible. Well, Josh, what is the greatest joy? What's the greatest joy in life? Uh, to yes. <laughs> crush your enemies before you and hear the lamentation of the women. Uh, I, that's that, I believe it is crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentations of their women. All-time great line. What is the greatest joy? But I screwed up the intro, which should have been, what is the greatest joy in life? What is best in life? What is best in life? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Both Conan movies. Oh, yes. the second one is amazing, but it's yeah. so dumb. It's, it's just so dumb. Great. I'll also go to Bad for Beastmaster 2. Also another stupid movie. At least Beastmaster is now on Amazon Prime. I just saw yeah. it there. Yeah. And there's boobs in that movie, which is pretty cool. Hell yeah, there are. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Josh, do you have any opinions on Krull? Krull's good. Nick Murphy, he loves Krull. He loves it. The fire horses are cool. I like Krull. Krull's good. Liam Neeson, he's in that. Yeah. <laughs> he's in Krull? Yeah. What? I think so. I'm pretty sure he is. Wow. I didn't remember that at all. He's like the general friend. He's like the captain or whatever. I don't know. Do you know what we're talking about, Layden? Have you ever heard of Krull? No fucking idea. I also maybe jumped up onto my lap and she's trying to eat my hands, so <laughs> I'm a little... <laughs> Krull is a very bad but great 80s yes. sci-fi fantasy movie which features an object called the Glaive. It's like a kind of a shuriken type thing. Yeah. Kind of like Xena's circular thingy but with spice. Yes. yes. Gotcha. Another 80s movie that I'm pretty sure no one else remembers, although, Josh, you may be... I feel like if anyone does, you will. Uh, it's called Your Hunter from the Future. I do not know this. Yeah, it was, like I believe, a Turkish-slash-Italian film uh, <laughs> with truly, truly terrible effects. I think it used to be on HBO or something like that. It was a it was an in-joke between me and some high school friends, and I don't know anyone that knows... And it's Y-O-R, that's how you spell your... Y-O-R, Hunter from the Future. Yeah. Oh, Y-O-R. Yeah, I see it. Wow. I remember renting a movie from the uh, Video Connection, which was the local like video place here, uh -huh. called Baby. And it was about these uh, like explorers who find a baby brontosaurus. Yes. I was obsessed with that movie. Uh, yes, I remember when that came out in the theater. I never saw it, but I remember like the VHS box. Yeah. It's terrible. I have it. I bought it. I found a copy of it once and I bought it on VHS. I can't watch it. Wow. <laughs> it's, that's a terrible movie. But I loved it. I was like obsessed with it. What about you, Layton? Let's say, and, and don't do this if you don't want to, non-horror fantasy sci-fi movies. I was just getting ready to be like, <laughs> of course, my recommendations are horror adjacent. Don't let me restrain you from what you want to say. Yeah, great. Um, so this week I uh, kind of dove back to, I don't really have the attention span to read a whole book right now, but I was like, you know what, I'm, I've run low on like horror stuff. I need to read some like good classic literature, horror and sci-fi. And I just went down a deep hole and I've just been reading a bunch of classic short stories like all week. And I've just been so like 
delighted by them and creatively juiced. Um, Ray Bradbury's uh, Mars is Heaven. Yes. I read yesterday. Mm. Yes. Fuck, I love that story. It's so good. Yes. I've never read it. Very quick read. Uh, just fantastic. I won't spoil it. I guess by saying a twist, it's inherently yeah. like, yeah, yeah, there's a twist. But but you know, I love that one. Of course, if we're talking about Ray Bradbury, The Velt is amazing, mm-hmm. which Disney Channel original movie Smart House is based on. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut's Harrison Bergeron, which is super short. Like, that's such a classic. There's a short story by Connie Willis called All My Darling Daughters. That's just content warning. It's one of the more fucked up things that I've read recently, but (laughs) it's very, very good. So it's just very upsetting. So I guess maybe that's not the escapist thing that you're looking for, unless you're (laughs) like me and just escape with like, oh, I will be stressed about things that are not real instead of things that are real. What do they call that when you have a phobia immersion therapy? Exposure therapy. Exposure therapy, yeah. Yeah, totally. Horror fosters a sense of mastery so that you can deal with emotional things in real life better. There you go. You know what? I just reread. It's not escapist at all, but uh, I just reread I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. I was literally about to say I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. What a fucking magical thing. And of course, the point and click adventure game, which is very hard to play, but narrated by Harlan Ellison. Yeah. Yeah. His like performance in that game is just like so good it's so fucking hammy i was talking to aaron about this pretty extensively because i was like sending him all the um horror stories i was reading i think we've talked about this on the show but the neuromancer computer game like the adventure game uh, is uh, it's got a devo song possibly a soundtrack and i remember playing this probably when i was like i don't know 12 or something like this so in the late 80s and it was fucking great at the time. I haven't played it for whatever that would be, you know, 30 years or something. I remember that Neuromancer game being amazing. I could not have been more into computer, like, adventure game text, text adventure games, like Infocom stuff in yeah. the 80s. Oh, my God. I was just like, any Infocom thing I, I had. I love it so much. I remember in the 90s, like, when, like, Mist came out and it yeah. was, like, a little bit, like, I was obsessed with that stuff, like... The puzzles and all that. Yep. Like, oh, man. Mist was like the first, basically after I went to college, like I didn't have time to play, you know, video games or anything for a while. And then Mist was like the first game. And this was like a couple of years later. The first like game that I, I played on, like, you know, basically even video game, even console. Uh, and it was like a revelation. Yeah. I was, I was so excited about it. I remember just sitting in a dark planet, just being freaked out at nothing, just <laughs> being weirded out because it's a weird game, right? Yeah. With the books and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, everything's weird. The other one that freaked me out like that was Zork Grand Inquisitor. Zork, yeah, yeah. The one other short story that's definitely like a fantasy horror, because I could keep going because I was definitely reading like a lot of Flannery O'Connor stuff, which I will probably, one of my peaches will probably be about Flannery O'Connor because she rules. I was reading an article where Stephen King was recommending a short story that he thinks is like the best short horror story ever called The Great God Pan uh, by Mm. Arthur Machen. Um, And it was published in 1894. It's, I I read it and I fucking loved it. It's so good. It's it's like public domain, so you can read it for free. But like, it directly inspired H.P. Lovecraft to the point that he's like super ripping it off um, <laughs> and like inspired Bram Stoker. Like it's so, so good. Um, and it, yeah, I really recommend that one. And also uh, if, if we're going for like classic pre-Lovecraftian, thus better than Lovecraft, you know, Ambrose Bierce and Robert W. Chambers, like inhabitant of Carcosa and the yellow mm. sign are yep. just like 
amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, you know, if you haven't read those, get on it. And I have no mouth and must scream. I will say Mountains of Madness, I think, totally holds up. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that all of Lovecraft sucks, but, you know, it's just like racist asshole yes. that is baked into <laughs> his entire writing. Yeah. Lovecraft himself completely sucks. Yeah, like Shadow yeah. Over Innsmith is literally like <laughs> the worst. Uh, what are the fish people called? From, from where are they from? Like Massachusetts? What are the, Inslee or whatever? Is that the name of the town? It, it's, it's Shadow Over Innsmith, but I don't remember. Innsmith. The, yeah, they have, they, yeah, they have a name. I forget their name is. Oh, one other one before we move on. Sorry, I just love short horror stories so much. Um, There's a story that just exists on the internet called The Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect that's one of my favorite, like, sci-fi things ever. It's super long. Again, really, really fucked up. So don't get into it if you don't like (laughs) hearing about, like, gore and stuff. But it's so expertly written. And, like, the second chapter, because basically um, it's about, like, an AI is invented that destroys the world and creates a copy where it's like the AI will do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. Uh, the main character is called the queen of the death jockeys because her whole thing is they have competitions to see like who can suffer the most before they die because nobody can really <laughs> die. So it's just simulating what it's like to die. That's crazy. But the second chapter is like the origin story of how the AI came to be. And it's just like such a chilling chapter. Um, and then like the way that the story wraps up is really beautiful, but like it's fucking awesome. I've reread that story so many times. It's just delightful. That's awesome. Like Ex Machina, I watched that recently. Ooh, yeah. It messed me up. I was like, I can't watch this again. I, I love like, the dance scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's dude, it's so crazy. So out of nowhere. <laughs> Have you guys ever read uh, They're Made Out of Meat, the short story? No. Probably actually. It's real quick. I don't want to give anything away, but it's like these two aliens. Yes, I've read. I've read this. Can't remember if they're in the spaceship or just the, they're on their Earth, right? And they're like, "You're never going to believe what we found. We found a whole planet full of thinking meat, and it's so <laughs> fucked up." <laughs> and oh yeah, it's it's literally like one page. Yeah, yeah, it's really quick. It's very cute though. Anything that drops the term sentient meat, like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. love it. We're just meat ghosts, right? <laughs> <laughs> meat bags. Meat ghosts with a spooky skeleton inside. All right, so Josh, this is not final, our penultimate segment um, on the show, and it's the even though we just did it, we're going to do it again. <laughs> pop culture recommendation segment where oh yeah, so I know we just did it with the movies, but whatever, like pretend we didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so what we do here is we each pick one thing in pop culture to recommend to our tens of millions of listeners. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Nearly a billion listeners, actually. Pretty crazy. A billion? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is our first episode, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's, you know, whatever. That's YouTube, baby. <laughs> and it's called What's Poppin'? And this is the theme song. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? All right, so obvious question. What did you think about the theme song? I didn't hear the theme song. It didn't play for me. See, Brian. See, Brian. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> you, don't you see? <laughs> this bit fucking sucks. I know. Oh, so there wasn't one. I get it. I got you. It's, it, it is always a Brian crap shoot. insists. I, 
<laughs> I thought maybe like something was wrong with my mic or something. I was like, oh no, what's going on? <laughs> see, That's- see the episodes that we record in real life, the bit plays, but most of this podcast has been recorded remotely <laughs> due to COVID-19 and these extraordinary times. <laughs> it never, it, some people roll with it. But not always. I have to lean into hating this bit for comedy purposes. <laughs> it's a rare instance where you told me the joke and it's better. <laughs> right? Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. I love this. I love that sound. That's great. Thank you. This is the last episode of the podcast. Crazy how it's the first and also the last episode of the podcast. The first and the last. Uh, Leighton, what's popping? Oh, this is a what's popping. That's me recommending that you see a bad thing. Cool. So. My what's popping this week is that I recently watched a piece of high art uh, that you could call it some true filme, some horror. Uh, That's how you know that the (laughs) horror is good. It's Mm -hmm. horror Uh um, with a little umlaut. Um, It's the Bye Bye Man. (laughs) You you watch the Bye Bye Man? (laughs) Oh, hell yeah, baby. I watch Bye Bye Man. (laughs) The Pee Pee Poo Poo Man. (laughs) You know, the the, the big hit of uh, 2019 or 2018 or whatever the fuck. Um, no one told me that there is like a big demon dog in that movie. I just could not get enough of the big demon dog. (laughs) (laughs) The movie makes no fucking sense. Faye Dunaway is in it for some reason. And so is Doug Jones as the titular Bye Bye Man. It's a pile of shit. It's an awful movie. It's way more watchable than I expected it to be. And spoilies, I respect a horror movie that will kill all the main characters. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's it's a ballsy move. <laughs> um, but like, I think, God, I think the last thing I saw in theaters was The New Grudge with Andrea Riseborough or whatever. Wait, this is the second Grudge remake, right? There was yes. a Sarah Michelle yep. Gellar one, and this is another Grudge one, right? Yeah. That one was like unwatchably bad. Bye Bye Man is very watchable bad. So if you just like want to get on a Discord call with your friends and get like really drunk or whatever and just roast it the entire time, it's perfect for that. Oh, there's a really cool app for your for like Google where you can sync up your Netflix. Oh, yeah. Netflix party. Yeah, it's great. We did that with uh, Major League Two. Oh, <laughs> not one, but two. I got to say, okay. I am not a sports person at all. I love sports movies, and I I yeah. remember loving Major League when it came Major out. Major League's great. That's a great movie. I think that was my first Corbin Burnson experience. <laughs> Corbin Burnson as Corbin Burnson. He's just that yes. guy and everything. He's that guy and everything. And then when it, like it, it's that and the dad and Psych are my two yeah. Corbin Burnson touch points. Shut uh, up, Dorn. That's what we say that all the time. <laughs> uh, Leighton, do you want to add anything else about the Bye Bye Man? No, you should just watch it. Pee Pee Poo Poo Man. <laughs> Pee Pee Poo Poo Man. It remains one of my favorite memes. <laughs> Doug Jones is like crushing it recently and always has been. He's in everything. There's a really great um, documentary about him on YouTube that I enjoy a lot. He just seems like a great guy. Yeah, and I, I love him as uh, uh, Saru in Discovery. I think he's just the best. He's, the, he's my favorite character in that show by a yeah. long mile. Uh, there's but, there's yeah. another um, creature movement specialist. One of my favorite things to do is look up like movement artist stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mama movement test. There we go. But for the movie Mama, they replaced this with CGI, which sucks, but they got a movement artist to do a test to like base things on. And it's this woman who just like 
is a contortionist and it's so fucking cool. That's cool. Like, I wish I could do that kind of stuff with my body. (laughs) I just want to become a creature. Like, can you imagine being able to do that? That's insane. That's, That's horrifying. I just want the body strength to do like an exorcist spider walk. That's all I want. Oh yeah, that would be amazing. But to do the work to become that strong, I am soft and you could break my wrists like little twigs. So uh, maybe one day I'll get there. Buff Layton's coming eventually. (laughs) Josh, what's poppin'? I watched the Super Mario Brothers movie recently. Oh, wow. (laughs) My Um, dad worked on that movie. That's amazing. With Mojo Nixon. Mojo Nixon's in it? Mojo Nixon plays Toad before he's turned into a Goomba. And he has a harmonica. That's how you know he's the Toad Goomba. Yeah, yeah. Because he he gets turned into a Goomba, you know, like it happens in Mario Brothers. Right, of course. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a nightmare just to tag on to that. We have like the babam that was used in the movie because I can't remember if my dad helped make it or if he was the one who made it. That's awesome. Really? Do you have the one that has the Reebok sneakers? (laughs) No, but it was it was a gutted Garfield toy. Wow. And we have that. We have like the little cast of like the crystal that I think I haven't seen this movie in like 15 years. So like the peach gets stabbed with or whatever. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, my dad did set deck on that. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I have a, I have a close personal connection with that movie. Lance Henriksen's in it, too. That's crazy. There's a lot of people. <laughs> Apparently, uh, John Leguizamo and... Uh, Bob Hoskins, yeah. They got drunk like every day, right? Like that's the... I feel like the the production was a disaster, if I recall correctly. It was horrible, yeah. They like were getting yelled at. They were like, we'll just replace you. And they're like, good. (laughs) 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 So I watched that. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Elder Scrolls, you know, since there's nothing to do for three months. That's a good three-month killer. Elder Scrolls Online or... Yes, I play that. Mm. Um, And I play Skyrim. And there's a new expansion, so it's Skyrim in Elder Scrolls Online now. So, Oh, that's awesome. I have never played Skyrim. Should I play Skyrim? <gasps> you should You should play it. Brian, you should absolutely play Skyrim. It might be the best game ever made. Do I need to play the other Elder Scrolls games first? Okay. Nah. No. You can, like, Oblivion's really fun. I, I have not gotten as far into that, but Skyrim is, like, maybe one of my most played games ever. Yeah. Like, it's it's so, like comforting to me yes so much fucking fun oh and it's on switch too so i can play it that's great yeah i actually like it on switch way better i used to play it on um ps3 but switch is super fun because you can just you could lay in bed and play skyrim it's magic yeah it's great i remember when it came out i could not figure out how to pronounce the title how did did you think that it was (laughs) what would you think it was scrim scrim (laughs) scrim he called Scrim. I love the Elder Scrolls Scrim. I didn't know anything like I, you know, when did it come out? It was a while ago now, right? Like, 2011. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't playing a lot of games at the time, and uh, I was just like, oh, people are people are really loving this Scrim game. You thought it was a game where you just like do Scrimshaw. <laughs> well, <laughs> the other thing it reminds me of is the is a Shrim Shrim from the Tim and Eric movie. Isn't that what it's called? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brian, you, you have committed crimes against <laughs> Skyrim and its people. What say you in your defense? <laughs> Let me plead my case. Uh, first of all, I'm sure there aren't many Skyrim fans out there, so I don't expect anybody to, to come after me. It's a small indie title. And people, at least when it comes to video games and other people disagreeing with them, are usually pretty rational. Very reasonable. Yeah, so I don't think I'm going to get any hate. What I would say 
in my defense is that the word, I mean, it's only when you read it, does it look like the word sky and rim placed next to each other. It should be like two words or a hyphen at least. I disagree. If you read it fast and don't care about it, it looks like scrim. Yeah. I love to speed run the title of a game. <laughs> Where's that YouTube channel? <laughs> Josh, uh, have you seen the the compilation of Vines? It's like Skyrim in real life. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so fucking funny. That guy with that guy who does the walk. Yeah. <laughs> Just like standing on top of chairs. He's so good. There's also, I found an ASMR video that's like, glitchy Skyrim barmaid where it's yeah. like the entire bit is just like things <laughs> things going completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, you can't spell Skyrim without SMR. <laughs> he's right. He's not wrong. It, it, it's true, but you shouldn't say it. <laughs> Brian, I would love it. We would need to get like a capture card and figure it out, but I, I would love to guide you through playing Skyrim and like make that as videos because I think that would just be excellent capital C content. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Because it's, it's, you kind of need somebody to shepherd you into Skyrim and give you the rundown. Yeah. It's highly, highly addicting. Cool. I'm into it. Okay. What's your favorite quest line? The one where you eat people is good. <laughs> I think it's in like in Markarth, right? Where you like find that cult of people who are cannibals and, and they're like, now you have to eat people and you can say no and kill them. But I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to eat people. Yes, I remember that. I was like, yeah, man, I'm eating all these people. <laughs> <laughs> I think I killed them all. My high school boyfriend who sucked got me into Skyrim. And I remember um, Dark Brotherhood is like my absolute, yeah, latent dating somebody who sucks. Shocker. Um <laughs> But the Dark Brotherhood quest line is so good. And, you know, spoilies, at the end, you have the option to kill Cicero, who's amazing. Yeah. And he was like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What's going to happen? And I was like, I don't know what happens if you do it. And he was like, I'm not going to tell you. And yeah. so I killed him because I thought there were going to be ramifications if I didn't. And we got into a fight because he was like, I can't believe you would do that. Why would you do that? And I was like, why didn't you tell me not to do it? What the fuck? Why did? Why was this some moral test? And then I think he ended up crying. Oh, Cicero. As, as was the case on pretty much every, every time we hung out. Anyway, <laughs> fucking hell. You should date Cicero in that game. Totally. He'll follow you around and just giggle weaselly. He's great. He's a great character. Thieves Guild is fun, too. That's one of my favorite ones. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, any like playing a stealth archer, I feel yeah. like is the thing that everybody does. But it's just oh, you get those snipes. Oh, the sniper shots. Yeah. You yeah. Take those droggers out. Oh, so good. Pickpocketing. Amazing. Yep. You're like right in front of somebody. You just steal their clothes right off their body. Literally. <laughs> or you just plant poison on them and they yep. die. And they die. That's how it works. You just put poison in someone's pocket and they die. I mean, that's how poison works. <laughs> that's poison. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, poison that's poison, physics. baby. <laughs> Okay, so Brian. Yes. What's popping? What's pop actually this is this has never happened to me before. This is a thing I discovered this morning. And I got really into it really fast and it is the 1976 Herbie Hancock album Secrets. <laughs> So I, I was uh, kind of just, I don't know, answering emails or whatever this morning and I turned on Spotify's Discover playlist, which is often surprisingly great. And I wasn't really paying attention to it. And then I heard this track, which was like exactly in my like, kind. it's like well-made, well-played, but sort of smooth jazz wheelhouse, mm -hmm. which I love. And <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? And it was a track called Gentle Thoughts by Herbie Hancock. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of Herbie Hancock's discography, 
Uh, and But this is from an album I'd never heard before called Secrets. And I just started playing the album and I was like, oh my God, this rules. Uh, it's uh, It's got insane bass playing on it. Paul Jackson is the bass player. Also, weirdly, has Ray Parker Jr. on it doing some background vocals. Ray Parker Jr., you might know as the guy who ripped off the Ghostbusters song from uh, Huey Lewis. This is the second Huey Lewis reference today. That's true, yeah. It also had a guy, probably one of these like Motown dudes on guitar. They have a guy named Wawa Watson, which I think is... <laughs> That's a great name. Unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's smooth jazz the, the reviews looking at, I'm looking at Wikipedia right now, did not get good reviews at the time, but <laughs> I got to say two listens through it and I love it. So Secrets, 1976 Herbie Hancock album. That sounds awesome. It's got a great cover too of, of Herbie Hancock and his like 70s froey best. God, that guy's a genius. Oh, look at that cover. Oh, that's dope. Those glasses are awesome. Any album covers which are a super close-up, like way too close-up of just someone's face, I'm very, very into. I love that look, yeah. It's very 70s, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, my God, the cover for the stereo cassette, just like with that nice mustard yellow. Mustard yellow is an underrated color, honestly. I agree with that. Yep. And it makes me want like a whole grain mustard. Ooh, like that Trader Joe's whole grain mustard. Okay, let's get into mustard because I feel like this is important. We've had very little mustard representation and a little too much mayo representation. So yeah, let's go. Uh, horseradish, horseradish mustard is my favorite. Oh. The spicier, the better. Like I want that stuff to clear my sinuses out every time. Mustard should be spicy. I yes. agree with this. Have you guys had Coleman's? Coleman's is my favorite. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It comes in these tiny little, it's British, tiny little yellow containers. And you can get the powder oh, that's too. So charming. And it fucking rules. It's like, it's real spicy. I haven't had it. Oh, that sounds so good. Here's a question Does like French's yellow mustard have a place in our society? No. No. That sh it should be banished. Right? To the netherworld. I totally agree. It's disgusting. Absolutely the fuck not. Regular mustard is sick. It's stupid. It's. <laughs> It shouldn't be neon yellow. No, it's terrible. Okay, I will say that mac and cheese, you gotta have a little bit of like mustard powder in it. I think that's very important. Yeah, that's some <sighs> fancy mac and cheese. I'm just like a ghetto mac and cheese. Oh, it, it takes it up to the next level. Yeah, I, yeah. I've had some real good mac. I make terrible mac and cheese. I'm like not good at food. <laughs> really? So. No, I'm terrible at food. You just got to get your roux going. You you, you got to have a couple of different types of cheese. I'm going to know what, pretend I know what that is. Yeah, roux, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's flour and a liquid so that you may have a, a, a thick base for a sauce. I knew that, but Brian didn't, so I'm glad you told him. <laughs> I, I actually did not. I legitimately did not know that. Like I also yeah. did not know that. Roux is like R-O-U-X, right? Like a roux like that? Yeah. It's a French French, right? Yeah. I've seen that word, but I didn't know what it meant. It's, yeah. it's a little easy to fuck up because as with a lot of things that you use with flour, like making homemade tortillas or whatever, you can over flour it and it kind of fucks it up, but you can always balance it out if you put more liquid in it. But, you know, if you're going to make a gravy or any sort of like thick sauce, that's the way to go. Um, mm. I tried doing it with uh, Indian food. I, I can make some kind of okay indian -y type foods. Like I tried to make a roux. I, guess. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know the word for it, but I, it was horrible. It was like terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just had to throw it out and I, I was discouraged and I've never gotten over it since. Uh, cooking is, it, it's a steep curve, but it's, it's yeah. rewarding. 
Um, okay, so another another mac and cheese take. When you get a mac and cheese, do you want it <laughs> with breadcrumbs on top, like put under the oven? No. Thank you. Same. You're ruining it. It's ruined. Exactly. I want a consistent texture. Yes. I have the hottest take of all. I don't like mac and cheese. Whoa. Why not? What don't you like about it? It's too. <laughs> it's too cheesy. It is. What it the can f- be. Fuck, Brian. I mean, I don't think that's a sentence that anyone's ever said, but I, I guess. Do you like other pasta dishes with cheese, like a cacio e pepe? Alfredo? No. Hmm. I do not. The one exception I will make is like mozzarella or burrata on like a pasta dish. But I I don't like like fettuccine Alfredo is my worst nightmare. Oh, it's my best nightmare. (laughs) People love it. I get it. People love cheese, but. With shrimp. I love shrimp. I like it with shrimp on it. Yeah. I love shrimp too. Yeah, shrimp Alfredo is pretty good. Okay, let's talk about this because I, I want to get your opinion. I feel like it is very hard to get shellfish that doesn't make me feel like a bad person for buying them, right? <laughs> it all seems kind of sketchily sourced. And yeah. <laughs> perhaps I'm overthinking it, although I don't think so. But I can never find shrimp where I'm like, yep, that seems about right. Yeah. Interesting. It's expensive here because we're like, inland a little bit right so mm. whenever i go to buy shrimp i'm like i feel like like the monopoly man like i put my monocle on and i'm like one shrimp cart please <laughs> and i put my fake money down and they're like sir get out and i'm like okay <laughs> i just wanted a shrimp cocktail <laughs> well speaking of horseradish like that is with with a shrimp cocktail you take that cocktail yeah. sauce and then you mix in an absurd amount of horseradish, yes. like till it's white. Just ridiculous amount. I want it to hurt. If that at least seventy five percent horseradish. Brian, it, you don't even like like a good carbonara. Uh, no, not really. I don't like real cheesy stuff. Oh my god, that that's. I mean, it's that's one of the things that it has taken me forever and many fucked up tries to make, but I can. I've perfected it, and it's amazing. The trick is. You got to use a micro zester for the Parmesan because otherwise it's too big and the eggs will scramble. I don't like, I don't like Parmesan. I don't like Parmesan cheese. This truly is the last episode of this podcast. I can't take this. I can't work in these conditions. (laughs) It's so bad that I can't make mac and cheese for Audrey because I can't stand the smell of it. You can't smell. Oh, wow. Not even like a craft dinner. Oh, that's no, that that's like the worst of the worst. Like for me, I really hate that. That reminds me of being sick. Like just being sick and eating crap, you oh. know, because you're like, oh, it's so comforting. I have so many boxes of unicorn shaped craft dinner in my uh, pantry, and that's my special treat. It tastes better when they're unicorns. I agree. There's a better <laughs> distribution yeah. of the sauce there. Yes. You can get it a little bit more al dente. More surface area. There's nooks and crannies. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Still hate it. Still well, not a fan. <laughs> you've outed yourself here. This is really <laughs> disappointing. Shall we move on to peaches and lemons? Let's do it. Okay, so Josh, we always end every episode with this emotional check-in that's sort of a thing that I stole from my family that uh, we each share. Someday we're going to get sued. Yeah, pending litigation. By your family. Yeah, my my, uh, aunt and uncle and my cousins. Uh, Anyway, uh, so we share three peaches, which are things that we're excited about or grateful for or just like a thing that made us happy. It can be as broad or as specific as you want or as you know, minor or as important. And normally we would do lemons, but we've kind of done a moratorium on lemons because there are too many right now. So we will each go around and we will share our three peaches. Brian, do you want to go first? Sure. 
Number one, first peach. It is Audrey's last week of kindergarten. Oh, I know. And so as like her teachers came up with an idea where we get five balloons and we write, you know, five, four, three, two, one, one number on each. And then at the end of the day, you pop them so you can count down the last five Mm, days. That's awesome. She's so excited because she feels like practically an adult. (laughs) Sad side is that you get none of the actual fun stuff that being together in a kindergarten classroom would would give them. But it's still, this is a big week for her. Uh, They are having a virtual talent show, which is going to be fucking cute. And her talent was we have this like climbing dome in our backyard so she did like hand over hand once around the dome and then did about 20 cartwheels wow <laughs> gosh i mean she's doing these cartwheels where she's like throwing herself sideways at the ground <laughs> no one has more fuck you energy than a little kid yeah they have like nuclear reactors inside their body oh my god just cartwheeling furiously yeah, yeah. exactly while talking about it <laughs> because, and I say this as a compliment, she literally never stops talking. It's the best. <laughs> There's not an unexpressed thought. Most of the things she says are like, and Audrey's great. You know, it's like this extreme self-confidence. It's so cute. That's amazing. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, there, there's something about when you get into that last day of kindergarten and they pull out those awful frosted sugar cookies and the barrel juices that are just oh. hummingbird feed in a little plastic bottle and you eat chips and watch an animated oh. movie on a wheeled-in VHS cart. Oh, the wheeled-in cart. I loved the, and I loved school, but I loved those last week of school vibes where everything's a little yes. looser and like, you know, people are, the, you're not really getting taught anything it's like the last couple classes after the final exam where you just do fun stuff for a while oh that was like that's that is my vibe like it's academic but it's a little bit chill i love it i love that last week of school energy and it's such a relief like you get to do some crafts you get to hang out with your friends and it's just nice i would never go to sleep the last day of school like the night of the last oh, really? day of school, I would just stay up because, like, the next day was summer, yeah, and yeah. I would just be like jacked, like I would be <laughs> completely jacked, like I was gonna like take over the world, like I was gonna like ride my bike, right? Like, what was I gonna do? <laughs> like, that's awesome. But I was so pumped. Yeah, oh, I love it. God, riding your bike as a kid, like when you finally get to go do it by yourself, so free. Big retention pond in my neighborhood that I would bike with my neighborhood friends, and we would go over there and feed bread to the ducks which you're not supposed to do, but it was a different time. I've been taking Audrey out occasionally to like deserted parking lots or whatever so she can tool around on her bike. And she just like fucking floors it. Like she is, she goes super fast. And again, is talking about, like she'll say things. As Rachel says, it's like our daughter is auditioning for the role of child in a movie. (laughs) Because she'll be like, super Audrey to the rescue! And then go super fast and like head down, you know, like really pushing the bike and then looking straight. Oh, it's so great. Uh, <laughs> Can she ride two wheels? Does, does she have training wheels? Yeah. So actually just when uh, social distancing started, we were like, fuck it, training wheels off. And yeah. I took her bike into the bike store. They put new tires on it because the tires were all fucked up. And then mm-hmm. within, I'd say within three to four days of those wheels being off, she was like off to the races. Aww. That's awesome. That's awesome. We were biking the other day and saw, like I'd say, some like teenage guy doing like little tricks on a dirt bike. And she like lost her mind. And since then has been trying to like bounce the bike off the ground and do wheelies and stuff. 
<laughs> All right, let's peach one. My second peach, it's, uh, I've talked about this a lot. I'm going to talk about it again. I'm less than 100 pages away from finishing this Karla Vuknausgaard book. I'm on page 1160, and it is like, it's so close, I can taste it. And the book has been... <laughs> Great. Oh, I love that feeling. Uh, it's it's right there. I think I can finish it today. I was actually trying to finish it before we recorded, but I didn't quite get there. You get that bittersweet finished book sadness, though? I do. Yeah, totally. And also, this is the last book in a six-book series. Oh, wow. So it's it's almost there. So that's like thousands of pages of stuff that you've read. It's almost 4,000 pages, yeah. And it's, God, this guy is a great writer. I'm very excited to be done with that and to move on to some other <laughs> challenging and unpopular work of literature. <laughs> Hell yeah, congrats. My final peach, real simple. I made some dope pork chops last night. They were amazing. Like breaded panko. It was panko crust with mm. and mix it with a panko. Garlic powder, onion powder, paprika, salt, and pepper. And it's one of the best things I've ever made. And I did it all while on a Zoom call with some college friends. And I felt Aww. like a fucking superhero because I made a delicious dinner while talking to some friends. So that's awesome. Yeah. I was very excited about it. Panko is just makes everything better. Regular breadcrumbs, fuck that panko all the way. Absolutely. Yeah, fuck regular breadcrumbs. Except for Italian stuff where you want regular breadcrumbs. I will say that. I guess. But no cheese, <laughs> you fucking heathen. <laughs> no, don't don't put Parmesan in it. It'll taste bad. How does it feel to be wrong? It feels great. <laughs> feels like every day of my fucking life. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that reminds me of one time I was uh, explaining to my my sister asked was like, what is it like? What is your life like as a physicist? Like, what do you do? Like, you know, I kind of know what you do, but how does it feel? And I said, my job involves showing up at work where my closest friends explain to me how stupid and wrong I've been about everything I thought the previous day. <laughs> <laughs> it's humbling. That's science. Josh, what are your peaches? My one peach is my cats. So I've been quarantined like everybody, right? Um, for three months. Yeah. And my cat died last year. So I got like oh, a no. kitten. And he's like becoming like a real cat now. So he's like super fun to be around. And he's real talkative. I just love cats. So my one is my cats. <laughs> Sweet. Two is my mom. I'm going to be real sappy because she let me stay over there. I live alone um, and I'm not married or anything. So I didn't know how all this was going to play. Right. Like really early on in March. Yeah. So I was like, yo, like I'm going to need to like come over there because I'm not going to handle this germ stuff too well. <laughs> so she let me stay over there. I'm, I'm at home right now. I, I just came back. So nice. Uh, but shout out to my mom for putting up with my. 37-year-old, 15-year-old ass. <laughs> I felt like I was 15 again. It was ridiculous. Is that the house you grew up in? No. So it's weird. Like, I actually live in the house I grew up in. Uh, my oh, family really? owns a... Yeah, my family owns an old 5 and 10 called Signs 5 and 10. Oh, wow. And I live on top of it in an apartment. So no I, I mostly grew up here. Wow. Um, and then my mom moved out and got remarried. And my dad lives in Florida. Gotcha. So I, I'm here by myself. It's real quiet and spooky and old, you know? Cool. Oh, yeah. I'm sure your mom was happy to see you. Yeah. Uh, she she cried when I left. And I was like, why are you Aww. crying? Like, I live like a, like a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a hard time to be a parent right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 screwed up. And uh, three is coffee. You know what? Maybe two is coffee and three is my mom. <laughs> <laughs> this is unprecedented. We've never had someone change the order before, but continue. Well, my mom brought me into the world, right? But coffee brings me into the world every day. She only did it <laughs> once. So coffee is two. Um, I hadn't had coffee for two months. And now mm. I'm getting, I, I had finally went out and got some good coffee, right? Nice. And I got a French, like a new French press. And I'm like, Oof. Wired. I'm jacked. I love it. Why did I ever stop? For Mother's Day, yeah, I guess it was Mother's Day. Uh, I mail ordered Rachel some La Colombe coffee. Oh yeah, and it it was so nice to have like good coffee. Yeah, again, it had been yeah. it had been a while. Coffee is a weekend treat for me now. Your coffee edging. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a black coffee drinker, right, Brian? Yes, nothing in the coffee, just coffee. What about you, Josh? I do all. It doesn't matter. I do cream and sugar. I do black. That's whatever. I just want the drugs inside of my body. Yes, <laughs> I just of course. Want the sweet, sweet caffeine. I love. I want to get the zoomies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Human zoomies. My zoomies. Maybe zoomies are. She tunnels through and knocks it off all of the cushions on my couch, like the back cushions. Yeah. <laughs> it's delightful. Uh, Layton, what are your peaches? Um, my first peach, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, I've been reading a lot of short stories, but I've never really read any Flannery O'Connor stories. And so I read um, A Good Man is Hard to Find for the first time. Oh, nice. Good country people. And she's just such an excellent like Southern Gothic writer. And, you know, she lived in Savannah where I used to live. And she is such like an amazing person who I didn't know about. So I just kind of learned about her and like, you know, her struggles with lupus and just like what an incredible like figurehead of literature. I didn't know she had lupus. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, she was on crutches for a really long time and like what an amazing woman. And it's always so exciting to find out about like classic literature people who are women, especially when it's like a disabled woman, like fuck yes. Um, and just like the themes she explores in her work are so good and just like impeccably written stuff. And I also was learning more about like Joyce Carol Oates, who did um, Where Are You Going? Where Have You Been? Which is yeah. an amazing, like a little too hashtag real uh, horror, um, just like <laughs> very, very chilling. Also, she's crazy on Twitter, which is not good. Her Twitter is so odd and bananas. <laughs> yeah, I was reading a think piece that was like, is she trolling? <laughs> it really seems like it, right? Because it's so weird. And like very antithetical to her writing and stuff. Yes. it's it's It, it makes me like her less. That's terrible. I know. It's such a bummer when Twitter just reveals like, oh, this person whose work you like is kind of a shitter. I used to follow her and I think I unfollowed her. I can't remember because I was like, this is, this is lame. <laughs> <laughs> and then my second peach is oh yeah um Vern and I went to see Aaron and Susie from a distance um because oh, they nice. have a nice deck that's that's big and you know we sat very far away from each other around the fire and we had some nice shaved ice and just like those two are two of my favorite that's awesome they're the most deeply kind like objectively good generous people and they're always just like the sweetest hosts like just so considerate and um it was the first time i like really felt <laughs> human in a long time yeah right we went for a long walk with a beautiful view and we saw a coyote and it was just really peaceful and nice so that that like made my whole month that's awesome let's see my third peach is yesterday um i was feeling pretty useless with everything that was happening and so i saw some people People doing like, oh, if you donate 
you know, X amount of money or more and send me the receipt to any sort of Black Lives Matter or just like, you mm-hmm. know, supporting protesters and bail funds and stuff. Like, I'll draw you something. And so I opened that up and I was like, I'll do this until 8 p.m. And then within an hour, I had like, my initial count was 50, but it was more like 40. Wow. Um, and That's fantastic. I, I, had to, I had to close it, but uh, the donations that people made totaled up to like $1,200. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, of course, that means that I now have to do 40 commissions, which is going to take me a really long time. I busted ass last night and I got six of them done. Great. Which I'm, I'm actually really happy with them. It's super like people gave me such amazing requests for stuff that they want. It's like somebody was just like, draw Garfield however you want. <laughs> Another one was like, draw a patty melt as a person. That's <laughs> like, awesome. People are so creative. I love it. So I've, I've actually been having a lot of fun with that because I haven't been drawing much lately and I definitely haven't been doing like finished illustrations at all. So it's kind of fun to tap into that again. That's so great. So yeah, those are my peaches. And also, if you're listening to this, I highly encourage you to, I've shared a lot of this stuff on Twitter, places that you can donate. Like if you can't go out and protest or whatever else, like please, if you have the extra money, like please donate and um, help people out. Mm. And I just want to, you know, I feel like we should also just say, obviously our voices are not the ones that like super need to be heard right now. I do think there's a lot of crazy shit going on right now that people could use a distraction from. So we're going to keep this going. Hopefully the podcast is bringing joy and fun into people's lives. But I do strongly want to encourage people to, you know, listen to people of color, especially right now. And uh, if you have the uh, soapbox, uh, social media, whatever, amplify those voices in a public way. That's what I'm personally doing on my social feeds. I don't think people need to hear what I think about things, but I'm going to try to broadcast ways that you can help stand up for for justice, for equality, and all the the values that that are important and should be important to to all of us. So we're going to keep this thing going here. But I do want to acknowledge that you know this is not even remotely the most important conversation right now, maybe the mac and cheese thing, but generally (laughs) speaking, most of what we said here today doesn't matter at all. And there are a lot of people doing really important, amazing work, including protesting and putting their, their bodies and their lives at risk. Yeah. And I'll I'll straight up say it. And honestly, I do not want to cut this out. Like unequivocally, Black Lives Mm. Matter, George Floyd and all of the other black people who have suffered police brutality, they deserve justice. Police brutality has to end. It's completely unacceptable. And remember that they are the ones inciting violence with these protests. Do not get that twisted. And also because it's June 1st and it's Pride Month, I want everybody to remember that we only have rights as queer people because a black trans woman threw the first brick, Marsha P. Johnson. I highly recommend Mm -hmm. if you want to be a good ally or if you're just a queer person and you don't know your history that you really read up on Stonewall and the people who we have any rights because of, like the the bravest, most important people. So, and again, that was the kind of thing where that happened because police were escalating. So- you know, educate yourself, educate others, you know, have empathy and try to understand everything. It's it's very easy to be really angry right now and feel kind of useless with that anger, but you can channel it and just, you know, take care of yourselves, but don't totally turn a blind eye to this. Like, don't ignore this. This is a really, really important moment in history and you should be helping. That's exactly right. Anyway, Josh, thank you. 
thank you for being here. No, thank you. This was a lot of fun. This is a great show. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I am such a fan of yours. Oh, that means a lot, man. That's great. Thank you. You're just such a good, funny, awesome dude. Uh, your Twitter especially legitimately brings a smile to my face every time I see it. We should have said at Henderson1983. Yes, yes. So we should put that out there. We've spent very little time like talking, and it's just nice to yeah. have the chance to speak to each other. Yeah, usually we're at like some big thing and there's a thousand <laughs> people around or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, when have we seen each other in person? MAGFest, right? Yeah, MAGFest. Is there anything that you're working on right now that you're excited to promote or that people can go check out? Oh, yeah, I got lots of stuff. Again, go to YouTube and uh, subscribe to Continue. It's a crazy show where we play video games. We're obviously just like you guys. We're trapped at home, but we've uh, animated ourselves in the intro. That's <laughs> so, so great. We're, Cute. we're cartoons now. Uh, also, check out M-Class Podcast if you like Star Trek or just any sci-fi art done by my good friend Jeff Pennington, who's my co-host. And Pretend Friends, which is also another podcast with Kevin Cole, Paul, Nick, me. All those are on where you find podcasts like Spotify or wherever. That's it. <laughs> Sweet. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, both of you um, listeners. Please take care of yourselves. Stay safe. You know, be there for the people in your lives and uh, have some compassion for others and yourself. It's a difficult time right now. And, you know, it's it's very easy to beat yourself up for not being full productivity or whatever. I know that's happening for me. And, you know, just be patient with yourself. Yeah. The other thing I want to say is, yes, Literally everything sucks right now. However, find joy in the ways that you can because there are like our peaches in the show. That's what that's all about. There are things to be happy about. And sometimes they're, in fact, I'd say, especially right now, they're small. They're small things about your life, but try to find some happiness in those. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. This is the end of the podcast. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Leighton Night is produced by Brian Wett, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Night, or email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com.